Happy Labor Day, Monday. A lot of people have the day off today. I'm glad you're in your Bible, though. It's not a day off from Scripture. I was thought that was a bit ironic that we take the day off for a day to honor work. Is that what Labor Day is about? You honor work? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think it was a, started a, something that was brought by the unions. Uh, uh, but it is all about labor. It's about laborers, and I think yeah. that's a good thing. We, we should celebrate honor, our honor work workers. by being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, work's a big deal. Yeah. So millennials out there, I'll speak to my own generation. Work hard. My <laughs> yeah. goodness. We need harder workers. Yeah, I can say to my generation, boomers, you know, you've lived so long for retirement now. God didn't uh, give you the life that you have just to be able to stop working. You need to have a purpose. You need to have something to pour yourself into. Yeah. So if you've retired, then man, get involved in the church. Pour yourself into doing something for the next generation. Well, I kind of saw it on display this summer a little bit. My kids, you know, summer, so they weren't in school. They're struggling to sleep at night, mm. struggling to fall asleep at night, yeah. all that. As they started school, they've been sleeping great. Yeah. It's like it, right there is just a lot of people. It's like, man, we've got to exhaust ourselves during the day. A lot of our problems. God is a worker. He created us after his image and he loves work. That's right. We ought to as well. So take the day off today on <laughs> and, Labor Day. And work hard tomorrow. All right. We're in First Corinthians chapter 7. Yeah, it's a long one. So, it you is. know, we did a lot of commenting on this last uh, time through. And uh, we won't this time as much because there's a lot here. Dad, I remember reading this last time through. Actually, I don't remember it on the when we were reading it, but then when I was listening to it, I was like, I'd read a verse and then you'd say something. And then I'd read a verse and then you'd say something. <laughs> yep. There's 40 verses here, so we'd... We didn't think we'd ever get through. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Do uh, you want to start? Sure. Now, regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. But because there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. Marriage is a good thing. I know, I did only two verses, I'm already talking. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I will say, <laughs> you you know, it is good to abstain from sexual relations. Yeah. He's not talking to married couples. So yeah, right, if you're right. a wife, don't be bringing that well, to your husband well, at dinner. Hey, we're not three, doing it tonight. <laughs> verse three, he, he addresses that. So the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual amnesty for a limited time so you can give yourself more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And that is, I, I do want to point that out, Dad, because when we do have couples that come in for marriage counseling mm -hmm. and there's been sexual... Um, not just infidelity, but just unfaithfulness, promiscuity. One of, that's one of the big questions we ask is like, are you guys sexually intimate? Is there, is that a consistent thing? And it's not because we're being nosy, but it's because that's what fights away temptation is when a couple can come yeah. together. I say this as a concession, not as a command, but I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God and one of one kind or another. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. And I would say that I was one that couldn't control myself and needed to get married. So I'm, I'm grateful that I, I did. Uh, verse, verse 10. 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what a son loves to hear about his parents. <laughs> but for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does leave him, 
let her remain single or else be reconciled to him and the husband must not leave his wife. We talked out of Malachi a couple of weeks ago. God says very strictly, I hate divorce. Divorce is not God's plan. He wants marriages to stay together. He wants you to fight it through and make it work. You can figure out a way to make it work and don't split up. Now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. If I, if a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she's willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, your children would not be holy, but now they are holy. Essentially saying it's your your spiritual influence in the family that makes a difference with the kids, but also with each other. And who knows? It's gonna, then I'm going to say, you may win your husband or wife. Yeah, and we've seen that happen. Many, many times. But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, a believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. In other words, you can't control what he is going to do or what she is going to do, You, but you can keep yourself from separating. And uh, But if they leave, there's nothing you can do about it. Verse 16, don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you realize, your husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? Each of you should continue to live in whatever situation the Lord has placed you in and remain as you were when God first called you. And this is such a great principle that, because so many of us, in, in, and he talks about all different areas in life. We're always eager to, I, I don't want my situation, I want a different situation. He's saying, no, you can make the best of your situation. And there's a lot of people who would almost kill to get what you have. And so make the best of where you're at. For instance, uh, he says, this is, uh, uh, this is my rule for all the churches. For instance, a man who was circumcised before he became a believer should not try to reverse it, which I think is impossible. And the man who was uncircumcised when he became a believer should not be circumcised now. Wow. For, Makes no difference whether or not a man has start a new ministry at church. <laughs> Circumcision ministry. <laughs> the important thing is to keep God's commandments. Yes, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. You can pick it up here, verse 21. Are you a slave? Don't let that worry you. But if you get a chance to be free, take it. And remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. Each of you, dear brothers and sisters, should remain as you were when God first called you. Now, regarding your question about young women who are not yet married, I do not have a command from the Lord for them, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. Because of the present crisis, I think, and present crisis meaning the persecution that was taking place, yeah. I think it is best to remain as you are. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. If you do get married, it is not a sin. And if, you, if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. And I'm trying to spare you of those problems. He's not talking about marriage problems. He's talking about in persecution. It's just a heck of a lot easier to endure persecution and people hating you when you're doing it single instead of with those that you love yeah. alongside of you. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world as we know it will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how, and thinking how to please the Lord. But a married man who has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. 
his interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. But if a man thinks that he's treating his fiance improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. But if he has decided firmly not to marry and there's no urgency and he can control his passion, he does well to he does well not to marry. So the person who marries his fiance does well, and the person who doesn't marry does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. And if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. Which is a key here, which this is a biblical principle found all, you know, found all the way through the Bible. And that is uh, when it comes to choosing a spouse, I mean, we, I mean, it's just should be an absolute non-negotiable, even when it comes to dating relationships, because those dating relationships lead to permanent relationships. And, yeah. and when you think about it, I mean, there's no way you can really say God is first place in my life when you're choosing, whether in dating relationships or in a spouse, someone who doesn't love God. Yeah. I mean, how, how could you even claim to love God if that's what you're doing when you're the most important relationship in this world is someone that doesn't share your faith? That's a, it's a pretty big deal in the Bible. So he, he makes it clear, but yeah, she's free to marry if her husband dies, but only if he loves the Lord. But in my opinion, this is the last verse, verse 40. In my opinion, it would be better for her to stay single. And I think I'm giving you counsel from God's spirit when I say this. All right, let's get over to Psalms. We're in Psalm 119. And let's just read the whole Psalm, Psalm 119, <laughs> which would be here a while. Yeah. Some, some don't even realize uh, who are listening to this, but Psalm 119 is the, by far the longest, again, if we can call yeah. it a chapter uh, uh, anywhere in the Bible. It's 176 and, verses. Yeah. So we're not going to read the whole thing. No, but you should. Yeah. And if you do, just to keep you accountable, I want you to text me or Facebook message us. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And let us know. Awesome. Hey, I read all 176 verses of Psalm 119. That's a challenge. And, and see if you can find, uh, point out any verses that you find in Psalm 119 that doesn't say something about God's word. Hmm. 176 verses. And by the way, they're written according to the Hebrew alphabet, which is a lot of interesting things about creative. Psalm. Yeah. Yeah. It is very creative, but, and they're all about God's word. See if you can find, there's, I think there's two verses in all of Psalm 119 that doesn't say something about God's word. Interesting. And, but anyway, I, verse 20, 29 is one I just want to pick out because you're going to start reading in verse 25, and I, I forget what the what the app says up through maybe verse 50. I, I don't recall. But Oh, so it's not the whole thing? No, 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 no. Oh, you, dang it. Yeah, for today. It's the whole thing for okay. like the next week. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was all in today. I was <laughs> no. like, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's divided up. Oh, well, but, don't message me that you did that. That's less impressive. <laughs> I, but I think if you read all of Psalm 119, you know, do it today, still message Junior, because that would be impressive. <laughs> then you're way ahead. But verse 29 says, keep me from lying to myself. Man, oh man, oh man. Oh, mm. do I see that? I it, Anytime there's, anytime there's a... a an issue that we're trying to deal with in counseling or s struggles that people have, even staff issues. It's time. And again, I find this, we lie to ourselves. We yeah. lie to ourselves. So David prays, God, I know I have this tendency to lie to myself. Yeah. Keep me from lying we to myself. We lie that we don't have an addiction. We lie that we don't have that struggle. 
Yeah. We, we lie to ourselves we lie. all the time. We lie about our own intentions. <laughs> that blind spot that is there that we that we are, are unwilling to see. But he says, keep me from lying to myself, God. Give me the privilege of knowing your law. Because that's what knowing God's word does. It becomes that mirror. It shows us ourselves and and where our failures are so that we can be, then we can receive him. Make that be your prayer after you know this podcast is done. Make that be your prayer today. God, open my eyes to my own blind spots. May I see myself for who I am. And then so read that all, we can change. Yep, absolutely. And then read all of Psalm 119 and Message Junior. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a great day today. It's good being with you. Great way to start off the week. And we look forward to being with you again tomorrow. God bless. God bless.